0: Hey, you with The Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio. 103.1 FM, 910, 980 AM, or anywhere on that Odyssey app. You can also catch us anywhere you get your favorite podcast. Just search The Rob O'Donnell Show. It is 409, 46 degrees in, mostly sunny here at the station in Pittston. The Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs, and Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van, temperature controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit RhodesScholar.com. Defense Secretary Austin was just asked on the Senate confirmation of some nominees despite Tuberville's blockade. He stated, I'm glad the Senate confirmed Admiral Lisa Franchetti as the Chief of Naval Operations, General David Alvin as Chief of Staff of the Air Force, and Lieutenant General Chris Mahoney as Assistant Commandant of the Marine Corps. Austin stated, they are outstanding leaders who have faithfully served their country for decades and i know they will continue to be great leaders of our force as they continue to tackle the crucial national security issues of these challenging times so there were three nominations that went through today and why stop there is if that's the priority then continue going confirm these people one and by one which is the senate majority leader's right and just be aware that tomorrow At 4 o'clock, at the 4 o'clock hour, I will have retired Commander Kirk Leopold, former skipper, commanding officer of the USS Cole, that was attacked by a suicide bomb boat in 2000 that uh, put a hole in the side of the hull of the USS Cole that you could drive a truck through, killing over two dozen of his sailors. And we're going to talk to him about that incident. We're going to talk to him about his leadership. And we're going to talk to him about what's going on in the Middle East, especially when we have reports of the USS Kearney last week interdicting cruise missiles and drones and our military now striking targets in certain places. So he's going to be some great expert uh, take on it tomorrow with uh, Commander Kurt Leopold, retired of the U.S. Navy, the former skipper of the USS Cole. So you're not going to want to miss that. The Border Patrol chief kind of kind of went against his Secretary of Homeland Security, Mayorkas, yesterday, saying that he underreported gotaway data, not directly, but basically by stating the numbers that he's aware of, which was in contradiction to what the secretary had told the committee the day before. Former U.S. Customs and Border Protection Chief Mark Morgan estimates the number of people who entered the U.S. illegally and evaded capture in fiscal 2023 is closer to 1 million, much higher than the over 600,000 that Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alondro Mayorkas told U.S. Senators on a Tuesday morning hearing. Morgan told uh, in response to the questions about Mayorkas' testimony – That official known gotaway data could hit 1 million in fiscal year 2023. And the nearly 1.7 million gotaways since January of 2021 is underreported by at least 20%. So think of that. Forget about the ones we know about, the ones that were actually housing and spending billions of dollars in our cities across America to feed, to house, to buy tickets to anywhere in the world. They estimate 1.7 million gotaways since January 2021. That's incredible. These are people we have no idea who they are. And if you look at the numbers of people on the known terrorist watch list from countries that sponsor terrorism, that we've actually interdicted, that we've actually stopped and caught, with 1.7 million gotaways, that's unbelievable. And they're saying it's, close to, uh, it's closer to 2 million because they're saying it's underreported by at least 20%. It's closer to 2 million, he said, of the gotaway numbers since President Biden first took office. Gotaways is the official term used by Custom and Border Protection to describe foreign nationals who illegally entered the U.S. Between, primarily between ports of entry and don't return to Mexico or Canada. They generally don't file asylum or any other immigration-related claims and intentionally illegally enter to avoid being caught. Now, when you can simply walk into the country, if you're here coming for a better life, looking for work, trying to flee your country for, for whatever reason, and you could walk up to any Border Patrol agent, any law enforcement official at our southern border and say, hey, I'm here illegally, I want to uh, apply for asylum. They're going to register you, they're going to give you all the things that we're giving these individuals. They're going to give you a date from anywhere to four to seven years in the future. And at this point, what, in six months, and three months, depending on where the law is right now, they'll give you a work visa. Why would 1.7 million avoid that and try to sneak in? You think more of a nefarious reason? I mean, we're catching people on a terrorist watch list that are actually walking up to people and saying, hey, I'm here, not thinking we're going to find out who they are. 1.7, closer to 2 million. The question uh, Secretary Mayorkas should be providing the American people an answer is to how many aliens on the terror watch list or special interest aliens, those are the ones coming from countries we know, sponsor or harbor terrorist organizations, are among the close to 1.7 million known gotaways who have entered our country under his watch? The answer is, he has no idea. And not if and when the threat arrives at our homeland. It's already here. This is what the former chief of the Customs and Border Protection said. It's not if and when the threat arrives at our homeland. It's already here. Mayorkas testified Tuesday before the Senate Homeland Security Committee saying there were over 600,000 gotaways reported in fiscal year 2023, a low low estimate compared to the data first reported. U.S. Senator Robert Marshall of Kansas asked Mayorkas how many of the gotaways U.S. Customs and Border Protection reported in 2023. Mayorkas replied, I believe that number is over 600,000. I am sure you are well aware of the phenomenon of Godaways is something that has been a challenge for the Department of Homeland Security for decades. In fact, it's a powerful example of a broken immigration system. Yeah, No, it's really not. It's a powerful example of your incompetent administration, your incompetence of addressing border security. Again, just years earlier, the border was the most secure it's been in our lifetime. That's just a pure fact. You can argue how that's done and how we're treated migrants all you want. I'd say if you add the facts of migrants being sex trafficked, extorted, used as slaves, workplace low wage, wherever they're ending up. I mean, they just had a special in New York how the, the migrants are, are reviving, reviving the sex trade in New York after it's been decimated for decades. The system's not broken. You broke it purposely. Yes, did it need to be tweaked? Yes. Did we need better paths to document people legally coming in? Yes. But the step to do that is securing the border. According to preliminary data, Border Patrol agents reported at least 769, 174 gotaways in nine southwest border sectors in fiscal year 2023. So just in nine sectors of the southwest border, They're looking at 770,000. But yet, the Secretary of Homeland Security, the person at the top, is saying somewhere over 600,000. That 770,000 gotaways for nine Southwest sector borders in fiscal year 2023 this excludes office and field operation data and data from the remaining 11 CBP sectors nationwide. There are 20 altogether including at the northern border. So 770,000 in less than half of the border sectors in our country. Now you add that to the included roughly 4 million illegal border crosses reported in the fiscal year 2023 and more than 10 million since January 2021 when President Biden first took office. These are the ones we know about. 10 million. These are the highest numbers of illegal border crosses reported in U.S. history. But they want to blame the system. The system's broken. Just like we have county commissioners here saying there's 50 years of infrastructure neglect and, and I have to take out all this money before I walk out the door to make you guys pay for it. And then I'm going to go home and put my feet up and not worry about it because I won't get blamed because I'm not holding the bag. Well, it's the same thing here. No one's arguing that the, our immigration system, the laws, the processes need to be fixed. That has nothing to do with securing our border to where millions, 10 million since he's taken office, freely walk in and we spend billions of dollars, billions of dollars, And then he sits before Congress, the head of the Department of Homeland Security, the secretary of the Department of Homeland Security, and he's undercutting numbers, asked a direct question by a senator. How many gotaways have come in? Oh, somewhere over 600,000. But yet the Border Patrol, his agency, can tell us specifically 769,174. Four gotaways came in in nine sectors, less than half of our sectors for our Border Patrol. How come his agency head can give us that specific data, but he is the person in charge? There is no extreme ownership. There is no leadership in these departments. And then you ask why these systems are failing. You ask why they are failing us. Look at the incompetence. Why couldn't he give that information? If you were the CEO of a company, if you were the head of something, if you were the, the foreman at a job site and the builder or engineer came and said, hey, you know, what's this here? And you say, ah, it's something around this. And then your handyman came by and said, no, it's specifically this. Who would you go to the next time you needed information? Who would you rather put in charge? These people are in charge of our children's safety, our safety. They are going to be the ones to blame when something that just happened in these kibbutz happens in one of our towns or cities here. They have no idea who's coming here. They are telling us they are already here. They are telling us they want to do us harm again. They are telling us we are at the most volatile time here in our homeland, in our country. As we've been since 9-11. Yet yeah, everybody just shrugs their shoulders and says, yeah. but mean tweets. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take for us to learn. It's uh, 422 here at WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. How's everybody doing? It's uh, 426, 46 degrees. Well, I normally wouldn't talk about this, but because of things that are going on in the world, I figured I'd bring it up. But firefighters are making progress battling Southern California wildfires, but homes remain threatened. Firefighters yesterday made inroads in containing the Southern California wildfires, uh, but there are still thousands of people under evacuations orders. The Highland Fire in rural Riverside County, southeast of Los Angeles, was only mildly active as Santa Ana winds that pushed it through brushy hills east of the fire crews had it 20% contained by Wednesday night, said a fire spokesman. It was favorable conditions for firefighters, but humidity remained low and rugged terrain made the work challenging for the 1,200 firefighters fighting this fire. God bless these guys. If you have ever seen these smoke jumpers, they are some of the toughest SOBs that you will ever meet in your life. The size of the blaze remains unchanged at just under four square miles, 10 square kilometers. One firefighter was injured but in stable condition. Gusty, dry Santa Ana winds are blowing Monday when the fire erupted near rural Riverside County, about 53 miles north of San Diego. Evacuation orders were issued for 4,000 residents as flames spread rapidly. They say there are about 2,500 homes and buildings remain threatened. Now, the reason I bring this up for California, now we've been dealing with the smoke here from our Canadian wildfires, but the governor of California is touring China, walking around with big birds, knocking over Chinese kids playing uh, playing basketball. You know, you know if it was the other way around. And that was anyone else during what's happening in his state. I mean, what Senator Cruz, during a hurricane in Texas or whatever was happening there, took his family to the Caribbean, and it was it was like, "Oh my God, look what's going on." So uh, but here you have the governor of California, while a large portion of the southern part of his state, which is nothing new. But you think he'd want to be home for that. And really, what's the purpose of him being in California? Being in California as well, but being in in China has to do with anything. I mean, I think we're going to find out some interesting issues. And is he looking to cement his foreign vacation experience? I I don't know. It's not foreign policy experience because he's never had anything to do with that. Is this who you want? Maybe is your step in if, if things go south with Joe Biden? I mean, there's a lot of talk. this uh, conflict, this war in uh, Israel is really going to be the undoing of him because it's splitting his party. And it's interesting because of because of AOC, Casio Cortez, Congresswoman from New York's 14, because of her issues when it's come to this Palestine, Hamas, the Palestine area, Hamas, Gaza, and Israel war, she's kind of negated her ability to take the next step to a possible New York senator position, because outside of her district and outside of the city, even parts of the city, the Jewish population in New York State is quite extensive. And the mere fact that she's gone down the road, she's gone. Now, she's gone down more mild than some of her cohorts but even yesterday her you know she she she's she sponsored a bill to sanction Israel about this white phosphorus and there was a great uh one of the professors at West Point did an entire study on it and she really doesn't know what she's talking about she's trying she's trying well she she thinks the people who, who vote for her are dumb, which you can have your own opinion there. There's there's a couple of things. White phosphorus, the, the, the treaty that she is talking about, white phosphorus is not recognized in that treaty as the type of weapon she's saying it is. That's just plain and simple. Also, Israel was never a party to that treaty, so they're not bound by it. For, so for her to saying they want israel sanctioned because they don't they want america not to give them support and arms because they are using this in violation of international law well no a that type of weapon is not specifically noted as banned in that law that you're talking about and b israel was never a party to that so they're not abowed by it so Those are the type of rhetoric that someone like that puts out there. But because of these things, I've seen a bunch of prominent and both Democrat and Republican Jewish leaders in the state of New York saying she will never be a New York state senator. uh, She will never be a senator from New York, a U.S. senator from New York. And it was widely rumored that she'd be taking on Senator Chuck Schumer or Senator Gillibrand as her next stepping stone. So if anything good comes out of the rhetoric that some of these politicians are spewing about this Israel-Hamas war, that's probably one of the good things. And again, I was born and raised in the district she represents. I know it quite well. And uh, she's a popular figure, but she doesn't represent the people. They voted for her, though, so let them have her. It's uh, 4.33 here at WILK. We'll be back after the news with Paul Michaels. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 4.39 here in the station, 46 degrees and sunny. It's a point in the show where we honor our heroes across America here on our homeland who made the ultimate sacrifice. 78 police officers made the ultimate sacrifice on this day, five of them from here in Pennsylvania. We're going to start off with Sergeant Timothy Earl Werner of the Pittsburgh Bureau of Police in 2021 died from complications as a result of contracting COVID in the line of duty. We have Private Floyd Bruce Klaus, Pennsylvania State Police in 1953, was shot and killed when he and another officer served a disorderly conduct warrant on a man in White Township in Beaver County. Captain Otto Fink of the Johnstown Police Department, Pennsylvania, 1923. He died from gunshot wounds sustained in a riot in the city of Rosedale section. We have Detective Peter K. Savoras, Pittsburgh Bureau Police in 1920 succumbed to gunshot wounds to the leg and abdomen while investigating a gambling ring at Wiley and 6th Avenues three days earlier. Watchman Patrick Sleven. Moyes Moyes Menning. Moyes Menning? Moya Messing Township Police Department in Pennsylvania, in 1850, succumbed to a gunshot wound sustained three days earlier while approaching a group of men near the intersection of 10th Street and Catherine Street. And those are our five from here in our area. I did get a text message. Uh, It's not that white white phosphorus... uh, it's not that white phosphorus, that chemical in grenades that keeps burning after its a target burns whole in humans. I saw it in MASH years ago and thought it was banned. Well, chemical and incendiary weapons targeting civilians was banned as part of the Protocol and Prohibitions of Restrictions on Use of Incendiary Weapons, otherwise known as Protocol 3. This is a treaty that was signed by many nations. Israel was not a part of that. The thing is here is... White phosphorus munitions are not considered incendiary or chemical weapons as described in the Protocol 3. And like I just said, Israel was not party thereof, so it's not illegal for them to use. But they love to throw the world out. It's internationally illegal to use. Well, it's not. There was a treaty that said you will not target civilians with it. And that white phosphorus is not an incendiary or chemical weapon, and that's what the treaty alludes to, incendiary or chemical weapons. Even though white phosphorus does burn, it's not considered one of those weapons because it's mostly used for illumination. It's 442 here at WILK. It's time for traffic and weather.
1: Hey, thanks, Rob. This Pentella Data Internet Traffic
0: Update brought to you by FireTree Conwaygo. Struggling with addiction, FireTree Conewego is here to help you. Visit FireTree.com. Calm. There's a hazard reported on the road like on a trail Route 6 and 11 just past Gravel Pond Road in Glenburn. Well, Wyoming Avenue in Kingston is very bumper to bumper, and we have no reports of any accidents or major delays. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from meteorologist Jeremy Luan. Tonight, clear, low 28. Tomorrow, partly sunny, high 55. Saturday, mix of sun and clouds, high 58. Sunday, the clocks go back at 2 a.m. Sunny and clouds during the day, high 60. Monday, some spotty showers, high 60. It's currently 46 degrees and sunny here at 443, your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 447, 46 degrees, and sunny. Uh, I just loaded that link to the uh, academic paper from West Point, from one of its professors, that specifies white phosphorus and the misconceptions that's going or running rampant. Because people, of course, want to throw out the word, you know, internationally illegal and such like that. So I put it, you can go to Rob O'Donnell on Facebook. I put a link there showing that. The facts about that treaty, who was party to it, what it specifically says, it does not cover white phosphorus because white phosphorus is not considered a chemical or incendiary weapon. But what the the treaty does say is that militaries are not to target civilian populations specifically. Now, that does not mean if you embed your military assets within a civilian population, a civilian location like a school, a mosque, which is a war crime, by the way, and thank you for that texter that, that brought that up again. You know, putting military assets during a war time within your civilian population to hide it, to blend it, to kind of shield it from being struck by your opposing military, that is a war crime. But using something like white phosphorus to illuminate a target, yes, there are other downsides to that. As long as it is not for the purpose of specifically targeting civilians, but if you're justifiably targeting military assets or military personnel that have strategically embedded themselves in their populace to shield themselves, which, again, is an international war crime. There's no, uh, there's no violation of the Protocol 3. But, again, I've put the whole entire paper. The professor from West Point, with his decades of experience, has a lot more experience than me. I just read the paper. Uh, and I suggest you read the papers because when someone comes to you and says a ridiculous thing about white phosphorus and what's going on there and how it's a war crime and we need, like like a uh, congresswoman I was talking about who wants to put a sanction saying that we are not to aid any government that uses such things, again with her ignorance not knowing what it is about. So I suggest you read those things because that's how I get my information. I find the proper source to read things. And again, here's I believe a retired brigadier general who's now a professor at West Point talking about the treaty itself and what it covers, what it doesn't cover, and who was party of that treaty. And it specifically says that Israel is not bound by that because they were not part of it. And there's no there's been no allegations of specifically targeting civilians. Yes, are civilians being caught in collateral damage because the Hamas savages are embedding themselves, their military assets within them? Of course. That's part of war. We've talked about that. It's tragic, but we know who to blame there. The terrorists, the savages, Hamas. So, uh, you know, we'll get with that. Now, um, if you're in, now that Halloween's over, and again, here's my disclaimer. You cannot officially start celebrating Christmas until noon on Thanksgiving when Santa Claus steps off his sleigh and walks into Macy's. That's just the way it is. I'm sorry if that offends you, but let's not get the reindeer before the sleigh but if you are looking forward to the holiday season if you're looking forward to christmas the 80 foot norway spruce that is going to don rockefeller center this year has been found in vestal new york just north of us here and will most likely be taking a trip down 81 past us so we'll be on the lookout for a for the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree on a truck. I believe they will be cutting it down on November 9th, and it will arrive in Rockefeller Center in Midtown on November 11th. So somewhere between November 9th, I would say the 10th maybe, maybe the 11th, be on the lookout for uh, the Rockefeller Center 80-foot blue spruce, Norway spruce Christmas tree. Coming down where it'll be wrapped in more than 50,000 lights, crowned with a star, and it'll be lit during a live television broadcast on November 29th after Thanksgiving. It'll be on display till January 13th, 2024. Now, if you've visited Manhattan, New York City during the COVID time when the tree was there, it was kind of awkward seeing it. They kind of had these mazes going in there. You couldn't huddle around and just walk freely around the tree. But yet they would have blocks of this maze where everybody stood around each other and leaned on these metal barricades that everyone was touching. So I just don't get the whole what they were trying to do there. But I guess, you know, it is. But for you guys who can't wait, a fr- friend of mine already has this tree up in his, his, uh, in his living room and his uh, mantle all decorated and lit up, and of course it was sent to me because he knows my feelings on it and wants to rub it. He's a, he's a great guy, great friend, but come on, you can't celebrate Christmas until noon on Thanksgiving Day. It's as simple as that. Just just saying. That's my take anyway. It's uh, 4.52 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. You're with the Rob O'Donnell show here on WILK News Radio. It is 4:55, 46 degrees and sunny. Hopefully your day is winding down and you're on your way home or do whatever you need to do. You can call or text the show at 570-883-0098. Let's go the phone. We have a uh, Rich from Laughlin on immigration laws. Rich, how are you today?
1: Good, thank you, Rob. I'm sorry for uh, you know, switching the subject. No, we were talking
0: about it earlier today. No problem. Yeah.
1: Rob, one thing I can't get through my head I know there's three equal and groups, uh, branches of the federal government, okay? And the president is one of them. So why hasn't the other two uh, stopped the immigrants from coming here? Because there are laws on the book saying it's illegal. And I, I don't understand this part of it, you know? I'm not a lawyer, obviously, but I don't know if they would, but... Uh, why can't it be stopped? I mean they stopped him from giving uh not all of them, but he stopped most of the people from getting their tuition paid we they went through federal judges i think and uh stopped that so why haven't we gotten uh, some type of uh suppressing law saying he can't do that
0: well as far as the judicial they can only determine if something is is constitutional or not so they really have no enforcement power to make someone do something theirs is to determine their their duty in, in the judicial branch is to determine if a law is constitutional or not um now it's up to the senate and the house to provide oversight they are not enforcement arms. Again, they don't have enforcement agencies either. They can question, they can have hearings, they can and do those things, but they can't force a secretary or a department like the Border Patrol to to enforce these laws. That's up to the administration. That's up to the executive branch to give the marching orders of what policies they want enforced to what level. Um, you know, I think history and voters that that's your checks and balances there. Voters have to determine. That 10 million illegal migrants since this administration has taken power, a lot of which are, may cause a grave danger to this nation. That hopefully we don't see in the next couple of months is is unacceptable. The fact that municipalities and cities like New York, Philadelphia, Chicago, you know, Texas, Florida are paying billions of dollars in tax dollars to support this problem that they've created. Is is enough, and that's where that checks and balances come. But other branches of government, you know, can't enforce the other to do something, and unless they find reasons for, you know, censure or impeachment, which, you know, the the allowing the purposeful invasion of our country could possibly be one.
1: I I was thinking if they carried the House and the Senate, they could have leveraged it in some way. I imagine, but they're very weak when you only have a majority of nine. You know, the group that funds everything is is the House, and they don't have a real good majority there at all. So I think they might have been able to pass laws or leverage it somehow, but uh, that's— They do hold the powers
0: of the purse, and they could do things with funding, and that's why when—I mean, let's look. Fifteen days, the government shuts down. We're forgetting about that. You know, in fifteen days, our government shuts down, and when this House turns around and says, unless there's border security involved, we're not giving you that continuing resolution— you can't look at them and say, Well, they are shutting the government down. No, yeah. I think they're standing up for their our rights to say, Hey, we can't continue this invasion of our country. You need to do something there if you want this funding increase. And I think that's what we're gonna see over the next two weeks because remember, fifteen days our government shuts down.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Rob, appreciate it. Okay. You have a good night.
0: Thank you, Rich. Thanks for calling in. And
1: and, and I think
0: we're not we're not taking that seriously enough. We're not talking about I mean, look at TV. Everything has nothing. Have you heard about the government shutting down in 15 days other than here? And I'm telling you right now that one of the stances is going to be some kind of border uh, security reasoning. Something to stop this flow of unabated migration, illegal migration. It's uh, 5 o'clock here on WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show after these messages.